Last time on a haunted walking tour of Peterborough. Want some candy? Ah, this is amazing! Get it away from me! There's no time to think. The tour guide's lantern must be magic or something, I don't know. But he's so confident it'll get rid of the thing. Maybe that's how the first ghost was banished. I should let him do it just to be safe. Or maybe I should knock it out of his hand and figure this out myself. This spirit or demon or whatever it is, isn't from 20 years ago, unless it's been keeping up with techno fashion trends. I could interrogate it, figure it out, but will it kill again? Please, quickly, tell me what to do. And now, the thrilling conclusion. I reach for the closest tool at hand, which happens to be the nearby anime darling's over-designed staff weapon. I win it easily from its owner, her glowing orange contact-lensed eyes transfixed by the murderous ghost. I swing madly, fighting through the drag produced by flapping plastic plates and construction paper, among other knickknacks superglued to the broomstick. The tour guide's lantern light licks across the park, zeroing in on its target. But a moment before it does, my stolen prop connects and knocks the lantern to the parkland grass. The tour guide stands back, aghast. Ah! Why? Dirty Ernie continues to offer its candy to Jen, who fishes in her purse, probably to get her phone and take a video, instead of, like, moving away from him. The ghost creeps closer and closer to her until I yell, I'll take the candy. Mmm, candy. Whoa, buddy, what are you doing? I'm solving a mystery. Now I have the spirit's full attention. It drops the heart and floats towards me. It reeks of old laundry and compost tea. Want some candy? Yeah, I already said I did. Let's have it, please. Dirty Ernie shakes another Popeye candy cigarette out of its box, offers it to me like a fellow barfly. His hands are grass-stained and mud-caked behind a cloud of, I don't know, ghost steam? So it's hard to see, but just a couple inches up its wrist, the shiny black Fitbit bends the ambient light like a secret moon. I reach for the cigarette. Dirty Ernie smacks his lips, raises his other clawed hand to my chest, preparing for the trade. But instead of the cigarette, I grab his wrist. I was half expecting to whiff right past it, but there's something material here. His flesh and bones are spongy with a mossy texture, but the Fitbit is hard polished plastic, no mistake. I yank on it, figuring it'll slip off this greasy ghost easy enough, except he grabs my wrist and pulls me closer. His grip is total. It freezes my blood and arrests my nerves. His other hand plunges into my chest and my vision cinches to pinholes as ethereal fingers measure the contours of my heart. Until the tour guide lifts the lantern once more, unchallenged this time, and dirty Ernie disappears. My chest is uncompromised, and I fade back into my senses. 
Okay, there you have it. Undeniable proof of the existence of spirits lurking in the shadows this Halloween and of my unique ability to protect you from them even as we take a leisurely guided tour of their hangouts. What other haunted tour offers you that? Let us now proceed without any discussion of what just happened to the final stop on our tour, the defunct Peterborough County Jail. The veil between worlds is only lifted for a short while longer. He waves the main body of the tour back onto the rotary trail. Most of them are too stunned or excited to disagree, except Andy and Jen, who both rush over to me. I thought you were dead for sure. I even got a picture of it, look. Sure enough, there I am with what may as well be X's for eyes and a gray plunging tongue while Dirty Ernie's grubby ghost costume and pack of candy cigarettes are the only evidence of him that shows up on digital film. Just a grubby sheet hovering in the air. Well, I owe you an apology, Jen. This tour is haunted to shit, no denying. Thank you for finally coming around, Andy. But now what? And why did you do that anyways? I lift my prize so they can confirm what I'm seeing. A Fitbit, broken, but showing 1.05 a.m. October 31st, 2019, one full year ago. I don't know much about ghost science, but if that's the time this so-called Dirty Ernie was killed, that's nowhere near what the tour guide said in his story. And the first ghost on the bridge was wearing a minion's mask. Let's go have a little talk with him. But as soon as we turn, the tour guide is already looming over us, underlit by his trusty lantern. Step lively. Don't get separated from the pack, my friends. Surely you've learned the dangers of that by now. We've got some questions about this tour, mister. I'm sure you do. There are always questions. I've gathered you are no ordinary paranormal dabblers. You are enthusiasts, I believe. So let's make a deal, professional to hobbyist. The answers you seek await you at the next tour stop at the county jail. I promise if you will just sit tight, let the rest of us have a good time. Your little Scooby Squad appetites will be sated after you see what's there. In return, I will not press charges for assaulting me and damaging my business property. Oh, come on, I barely tapped you. Huh? The authorities may not answer to calls about murderers in the parks or bodies in the river anymore, but they take property damage gravely serious. Do we have a deal? I squeeze the Fitbit until it hurts. Sure. Spooktacular. Now, please, let's catch up with the group. I promise you won't be disappointed. Most of the county jail isn't actually there anymore. A few keystone archways and walls are all that remains behind the still-functioning courthouse. It looks like a jail that failed to render past 10%, but tonight, with the memories of the impossible events of the past few hours still fresh, with a treacherous light and whispering winds, it's true Halloween country. This is a more recent tale of terror, 
for we travel back only to 2001. The Peterborough County Jail was built in 1842 to house the drunk, the homeless, and the otherwise inconvenient. Later, it was used to house more serious criminals on their way to more serious prisons. Finally, it was closed, along with dozens of similar facilities across the province, as the new conservative government opted to consolidate the prison system by opening a few super jails instead of several smaller municipal prisons. That's the story on the website, anyways. What they don't tell you is that Peterborough's county jail was one of a handful of such facilities that were to remain open until, of course, the riot. Though that may not be the most accurate word. Twelve men were staying here on October 30th, 2001. On October 31st, a thirteenth man was admitted with, I quote here from archival documents, I wasn't supposed to take pictures of, but I did anyways out of professional dedication. A smiling, rotten mouth, mumbling crazy Jesus nonsense. Sounds fairly routine in our modern, jaded society, but what happened next was far from routine. A riot erupted in the night. The jail burned. Great hunks of stone were torn from the walls and ceiling. The twelve inmates strangled their two on-duty jailers and then, apparently craving more violence, turned on each other. In the morning, the twelve bodies were accounted for, but the thirteenth, the mumbling man, was never found. While we wait here, my friends, I assure you no harm will come to you so long as you stay close and simply listen, for soon we shall hear the midnight madness of the riot at the county jail. The tour guide stalks through the crowd, comes upon us and whispers so only we can hear. Except you three. Go ahead and dig around. I won't be far, I promise. With that, he turns, cape billowing behind him as he snuffs out the lantern. Jen and Andy and I study our surroundings ready for anything. All right, you heard him. Let's do this fast. For once, I'd like to sneak up on a ghost, not the other way around. We jog to the center of the fallen jail, now more like an updated Stonehenge. I run my hands along the remaining stone walls, feeling the cold, rough surface. But something almost moves beneath the surface, a current of subatomic energy. Something draws my attention to a lintel just above to my left. There, carved into the rock, are sets of numbers, prisoner IDs crossed out and circled, some kind of DIY hobo guest book. I follow it down the side until I see 251016. Most of the grounds are covered in grass, but right here it's barren and cracked. Almost like, hey, you guys, help me dig here! In a flurry of excitement, we dig into the earth with our bare hands. It's surprisingly loose, like it never truly settled. After a wordless minute, we find the yellow minion mask of the bridge ghost, cadaver not sold separately. It's all here, decomposed but recognizable as a one-time human being. Another minute and we find dirty Ernie beside the minion, missing of course the Fitbit which I had managed to pull through the spiritual warp of time and space. 
On the other side, another corpse, as yet unknown to us, but wearing the cartoon stripes of a generic prisoner costume. What's going on here? This, my friends, the tour guide leans in from behind us, is the best haunted walking tour in the city. The prisoner corpse wakes up, worms spilling from its empty eye sockets. The minion and Dirty Ernie wake up too, and all three of them wrestle us to the ground, replacing themselves with us in their place. We can't fight them, their strength is beyond human. The three corpses hold us down while the tour guide begins shoveling dirt on all of us, burying us alive and dead. Don't act so surprised. You'd do the same if you happened to find a magic lamp in an auction lot you purchased mainly for the 500 unopened Pokemon cards. When I lost my job two years ago, I really was very concerned I would lose my house and be out in the streets. I'd have to move to Oshawa with my parents and that simply wasn't going to happen. When I found this lamp, the light from which controls the spirits and bodies of the dead, I knew I was destined to become an entrepreneur. I would open the greatest haunted walking tour in the world, because unlike all the others, mine would be real. The stories aren't true, of course. Unfalsifiable, but not true. But I would, of course, need real, reliable ghosts. So I made them. You murdered them last Halloween. Yes, it was a dreadful first year of operations. They do say most home businesses start off in the red for a while. But if you meddling, childless adults hadn't snooped around so much, I wouldn't be murdering you now. But you did, so I am. I promise I'll think of something really fun to do with your tormented souls next year. The dirt piles up. Each of us struggles against our own personal corpse, but their kung fu is much stronger than ours. Each breath sucks in as much earth as air. But then the crowd arrives, drawn by the commotion. Oh, thank God, help us, stop this maniac. And now my friends, the cycle begins again. We must give something back to the spirit world. This haunted prison has claimed these three poor living souls, who, let's give it up for them, fantastic actors, am I right? All night, keeping it up with this. Yes, clap, clap for their performance. The goddamn crowd is applauding us. They think this is a show. This isn't a show, this is for real, help us. Truly immersive. Yes, and to the grave. <laughs> Please, everyone, contribute your handful of soil so you may take part in the Wheel of Life and exercise your own demons by allowing these ones to rest. Each member of the crowd comes to us in turn to throw their handful of graveyard fertilizer on us. Some are giddy, some a little nervous. The anime darling throws it a little harder than the others. The Michaels approach a little more grave than the rest. Hey too, Michael, I say, my final words before I'm shut out of the surface world. The three of us, buried together, give up trying to wrestle our undead and prisoners and reach out for each other and wait it out. Next year, the moon isn't full, but it's bright enough. 
We each feel the lantern's light. It's far, far away, but we feel it coming closer, calling to us, demanding us to put on a good show. The tour guide is coming. We can see the lantern's light flashing across the Hunter Street Bridge, his hulking body in the old-timey getup, leading a pack of unsuspecting revelers. I'm sorry I doubted you about the ghosts, guys, but you have to admit we really should have gone to a bar instead, Andy says, dusting off his stiff, gunk-covered fuzzy pants. You're probably right, says Jen, her skeleton makeup smeared and blended into her actual skeleton. At least now no one will notice how bad my work clothes smell. It's actually an enhancement. I pick up some of the earwigs that fell out of my ears and stuff them under my hat. That's the spirit, guys. Aren't you mad? Don't you want vengeance or something? Oh, obviously we're gonna try and kill the tour guide if we can find an opening, but let's give the tourists a good time too. Now who's ready to make spookums? Finally, my boils, ghouls, and bodily gender fluids, we've reached the end of our little adventure. Stay tuned for more choosy-type stories in the future. Written, narrated, and produced by Christopher Lawson. If you don't want to be tricked, give me the treat of subscribing, sharing, reviewing, reanimating, disemboweling, beheading, disembodying, and decapitating this show. And give us a five-star rating. But for now, please, Keep all of your screaming confined to the inside of your mask this Halloween. You wouldn't want to scare anyone. <laughs>